How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Bucks. This is Frank Madden from brewhoop.com. I am with Eric Name. And Eric, I think we have a legit emergency podcast today, do we not? Yeah, we do. Okay, that hurt my ears, so I hope you didn't uh, just lose us, lose us a bunch of subscribers. But uh, Giannis Adetokounmpo, officially or unofficially, uh, sounds like tomorrow could be the official piece. Uh, Giannis Adetokounmpo uh, on the verge of signing a four-year, $100 million extension. That is an extension that will kick in, not this coming season. He's already got uh, a $3 million final year of his rookie contract uh, for this year. So it was just a question of whether he could agree to an extension by October 31st to kick in next season. So that would kick in uh, in July of 2017 for the 17-18 season and run through the 2021 season, which is so far out, I can barely comprehend it. I feel um, like I feel like I should have... Like, if we could put music on here, obviously podcast rules and that's not really legal. But like, I feel like there should be some like I don't know celebration, like Cool and the Gang playing, or um, I don't I don't know like a choir of angels singing or something of uh, that nature. Did uh, because did you? Because I feel like that's what the feeling should be with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I I think we you know we expected a, a deal to get done by the deadline at the end of October. Um, yeah, stop, you know, I think- stop tweeting me about it. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> but no, you're right. Both, of, both of us were very confident that it was gonna get done. I mean, I think the only question we had um, was when, right? I think, I think I assumed it was gonna be a full max deal. I think he could have gotten a full max deal if he really pushed for it. Um, but some of the reporting coming out today from Brian Windhorst specifically citing. Uh, that you know, Giannis effectively took six million dollars less than the max over four years, because he wanted to uh, sort of you know set a good precedent for the team and and I guess give the team a little bit more flexibility. Um, ironically, they, I mean they could have had more cap flexibility next summer if they had delayed a new deal until then. I mean, we've seen this sort of these wink wink uh, nod agreements with Andre Drummond and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they're not, they violate the collective bargaining agreement, so you would <laughs> never want to get caught. But um, effectively, teams delaying uh, signing guys to big extensions because uh, if the Bucks had gone into next summer with Giannis not signed to an extension, he would have ca- uh, counted for $7.5 million against the salary cap with the new deal. Uh, if it's max raises, I'm assuming that's probably how it's structured. It would start at around probably $22.5 million, rising to. 27.5 million by uh 2021 uh when you were t- saying about the music or, or what we should in like sound clip i i my immediate thought was maybe i'm dating myself was i don't know if you or our dear listeners uh listen watch the uh the original late night with conan o'brien but they had the in the year 2000 bit and then they <laughs> they they kept doing it even after the year 2000 happened and they would think up these 
weird hypotheticals that would happen in the year 2000. Yes. Um, so in the year 2020 uh, was what, what ran through my head there, thinking about Giannis. Uh, I think the only, only other salary obligation the Bucks will have in 2020 is... You'll, I was going to ask you to guess it, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fair. <laughs> Ironically, I believe it is the Larry Sanders stretched buyout, which is exciting. Um, so that's the fun. Gift but that anyway, keeps let's on get giving the gift that keeps on giving one point eight seven million or so. <laughs> uh, but let's let's forget about uh, Larry Sanders, please. Let's forget about Larry Sanders for the time being. This is a a day that we should at least celebrate. Uh, in terms of the grand scheme of of the Bucks universe, just in terms of Giannis signing for four years with no options, no options being the operative term. Um, but give me your reaction. I think the only question was, do the Bucks sign Giannis for five years and one hundred, let's say thirty eight million? We don't know what the the full max will be for next year because we don't know what the cap will be until next year um there was some uncertainty about what that number could be because we also have the potential new cba that might happen next summer so there was a lot of uncertainty around what a five-year contract would be because it would have to be for the max you can't sign for five years and less than the max in an extension um so i think the most of the debate has been around that like oh well should they have just you know done the five years and uh paid more money to get Giannis for 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 that i would have been happy doing that i think i said that you know if that was the question just five years, whatever. Uh, but obviously they got him for even less than the the regular max. So it's just a set amount, which from a value perspective is a, a great value for the Bucks, similar to uh, some comparisons to what Clay Thompson did with the Warriors. Um, you guys might remember summer where everybody was thinking he might get traded to uh, for, for Kevin Love. They, they signed him to a uh, less than max deal, which obviously now looks looks pretty great. But give me your give me your view, Eric. You you know you saw the original news uh, from Adrian Wojnarowski. You uh, saw comments. You probably got stuff tweeted at you. You saw our comments. Um, uh, what was your sort of? I think I know what you're going to say, but but you know what's what's your reaction? Ecstasy. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it for any Bucks fan, the fact that all you can really think about is how many times the Bucks have screwed things up. Um, I, I think we've, over the years, kind of talked about how the fact that we always kind of go to the worst possible outcome of just about anything uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks because, well, that's it's kind of what has happened over the years. Um, and for once, I feel very good about the Bucks giving out a long-term contract. It's not a player that didn't necessarily deserve it. It's not Larry Sanders. It's not Dan Gazarich. It's not Charlie Bell. It is a, <laughs> it is a player that I feel is very good and is only 21 years old and is only going to continue to get better. So for me, it, it, it was pure ecstasy. That, that is an incredible move by the Bucks to sign someone of that skill level for the next four years. With all that being said, obviously you have to talk about some of the other things. But I do think, again, people will say, well, the Bucks didn't screw up. You shouldn't celebrate that. Well, I, maybe I should. With, with my with my life as a Bucks fan, I think I should celebrate the fact that they didn't screw up uh, something that they could have screwed up. So other teams that we're talking about... Giannis has a restricted free agent next year. Blog posts that were telling me about him in restricted free agency. Jackie Mack talking about him on... Shove uh, it. Shove it, Jackie Mack. Shove it. Shove it. 
he's not going anywhere. He's going to be in Milwaukee. So that feels very good to say. Um, I guess as you go further, um, I think we, again, I agreed with you. If, if whatever Giannis wanted, it was what he was going to get. If he wanted a max, <laughs> go for it. You wanted, you wanted eight player options that halfway through each season they expired and it wasn't even a real contract that existed. We'll give it to you. Whatever. We'll make it work. Whatever you want, Giannis, that's what well, you'll get. Well, okay. I, I, I'll have to break in and, and say as the resident cap nerd, we can't quite do that. But but if uh, that's what he wanted, that's what he was getting. <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think the main thing was uh, if, Giannis, if it means getting Giannis for at least four years and – uh, you know, I, I again, I I think the trade off between the five year full max and the four year, you know, anything else, um, you know, I think you can debate those things. But four years is a very very acceptable outcome, and in many ways, I think we could just be, you know, again, as you're saying, excited that we can say, okay, it's in the bank. You know, Giannis is is locked up um, at least four years, hopefully more. And, um, you know, uh, it's a good day. I think it's a PR win for the Bucks, And, you know, we may years from now, we can say, oh, it, you know, sh- they would have been better off doing five years. But realistically, if things go the way they're supposed to, you would hope it wouldn't matter. And I think certainly, you know, things can change. But but the suggestion that Giannis was willing to take less money to help the team, first off, uh, you don't have to do that, Giannis. We would not begrudge <laughs> it to you one bit if you demanded that full max. Um, but that certainly says something about who he is as a person and uh, the type of you know tone he sets as a leader. And also potentially, you know, maybe that affects uh, certainly what Jabari Parker signs for. Yeah, um, I've been assuming he's a max guy, but maybe now he'll hopefully sign for less as well. Yeah, I thought that was really the exciting thing that came out of all this was that going into this offseason, I think when both you and I talked about this, everything we've said when we've talked about free agency, when we talked about the Delhi signing, when we talked about the Plumley signing, it was, okay, well, assuming Jabari and Giannis Maxes and assuming that they're getting paid this much. And that's been our assumption the entire summer. And now you see two summers in a row where elite-ish players if i think that's i'd be willing to call both middleton and Giannis elite young players they decided to sign for less money with the bucks so uh, i think it becomes very interesting one you're not paying your best players what they deserve which is great for you as, as a team builder um, down the road. Maybe that would upset some people. Uh, maybe that upsets Chris or Giannis when they're not getting paid the amount that they should, but you can always renegotiate contracts. That's the thing that happens. Um, so for now though, that's awesome. If you're really trying to build a team and I think some of the mistakes you get caught up in are thinking, well, Six million really isn't that much, and you you can't really do a whole lot with six million. And, and I do think that's right. But one thing I've always said with the Warriors is that they signed Draymond to less than a max. They signed Steph to less than a max. They signed Clay to less than a max. It doesn't necessarily allow you to sign those upper echelon guys, but maybe that means you have enough money that you can trade for a guy like Bogut or you can get something done where you can get Iguodala in here. And it's not going to be the elite free agents that you're signing. It's not going to be maybe another max contract, but maybe you can 
pay just a little bit more than a competitor uh, for a free agent veteran that that could really help you out and push you over the top. So I do think there on the margins there that does help out a little bit. Again, it's not a huge amount of money, but it, having a, that little bit of flexibility will help out. Um, I, I think that's huge. And also, like you said, the culture of taking less, um, especially for noted uh, critics such as myself of Jabari Parker's game that I've kind of lived in fear of the max the Bucks were going to have to give him uh, just because, like I said, I, I thought Giannis was going to get a max this summer and then that would kind of clear the way for Jabari to do that next summer. With the questions that still exist about Jabari's game, I, I think that gave that gave, that made me more comfortable that okay, maybe the Bucks don't have to max Jabari next summer. Maybe they can get him for less than a max. And if I'm thinking about Jabari Parker, at least the current iteration of his game, I'm cool with that at less than a max. At a max, uh, I have I have, a, <laughs> I have, a myriad of concerns. Um, so uh, overall, I think that's an undoubtedly good thing for this Bucks team that you can try to keep getting guys at less than I don't even know if it's market value but less than they could possibly be making and I think that's a major win of this Giannis deal and hopefully everything that we heard of is true that Giannis did do this because he wanted to have more uh he wanted the team to have more money and more flexibility and he was trying to become a greater part of the organizational culture of giving a little bit to get a better team so if that really is what's going on and again there's no reason to doubt that's what's happening um that's exciting that it's just un- undoubtedly exciting yeah and i think the from a cap standpoint, uh, you know, the, the, the first takeaway is from a negative standpoint, signing him now rather than having him go into the summer with his cap hold. I mean, it does lock up. It basically puts you at the, at the cap. Um, you know, it's interesting. They're, they're right now a little, little under a hundred million dollars. Um, and effectively when you look at Giannis getting a raise of almost $20 million next year. Um, you know, MCW and, and Moose, their, uh, their numbers this year, they add up to right around $20 million. So if those guys were gone, you'd basically be right back where you were next year. Uh, or sorry, you, right, right, right where you are, be in the same spot next year, except you, you know, effectively you could say you lose those two guys and then pay Giannis. Um, and I think the interesting thing there is, so, you know, you're looking ahead to next summer, it puts you in a spot where you don't have much cap room, you're basically down to your mid-level exception. Um, but again, knowing that hopefully you want to re-sign Jabari Parker, you really weren't going to be in a position to go spend money on another free agent unless you got rid of a number of other guys first. So I think it's it leaves the Bucks in kind of, it's not in a dramatically different situation, but we've talked in the past about the potential that they'll be bumping up against the luxury tax in 2018 and 2019 once Jabari and Giannis are both under those new deals and you've got all these other, you know, Henson, Plumlee's in particular deals laying around. Um, we'll see if those guys are around at that point. But um, it does put a fair bit of pressure on the team financially, 2018, 2019, to kind of fill out that roster. And uh, I think it's interesting, you know, Kevin Pelton had his winners and losers and, you know, I think Kevin had... Giannis's market value at you know something closer to forty million dollars a year based on sort of his his wins above replacement um, projections, um, but 
it, it is interesting to, to look at and you know say MCW might be a winner in the sense that the Bucks aren't going to have a bunch of cap space they can go spend on other guys. But as we discussed last week in the point guard debate, uh, you know, looking at where the team is, I mean, they can spend money on MCW or somebody else next summer. And MCW or somebody on the roster would be much easier to re-sign with bird rights versus they're just not going to have much flexibility to get a guy uh, in free agency. But once you get into 2018, 2019, you're going to have to get rid of, you know, either John Henson or Miles Plumley if you're going to try to stay under the tax or at least where the tax is projected uh, and, you know, keep a guy like MCW for at least, you know, 10 million or something like that. And, uh, you know, again, we don't know exactly what MCW is going to be worth, what his market will look like. It could be much more. It could be much less than that. Who knows? Uh, you know, personally, I just also don't think MCW is necessarily a great fit here. But, um, you know, maybe one of those situations where the Bucks have shown obviously a lot of interest in re-signing guys, whether it's John Henson or Miles Plumley, and we'll have to see sort of what it looks like a year from now based on everything that happens. But um, certainly an interesting move uh, to have made, uh, and I think John Hammond and company definitely deserve some credit for being able to get a number that you know everybody's going to look at and say that is below what market should have been for that guy. You know, nobody thinks that Giannis is a worse prospect than CJ McCollum, but McCollum's going to make six million more over the next four years. Um, so that's certainly interesting. And then if you get, as you're alluding to, if you get that knock-on effect of if Jabari now takes the same money or maybe slightly less money, um, and everybody can be happy with those types of numbers, uh, that does give you, you know, maybe not. $15 million to go spend on another star, but it does give you that extra breathing room that you might need at the end of the day to you know, stand under the tax or, as you were alluding to, maybe make some kind of marginal move for a veteran who's maybe taking a little bit of a pay cut or something like that a year or two from now. So I think it's a really interesting situation. Uh, it doesn't dramatically change the Bucks' sort of cap situation. As we said, the flexibility next summer, I think, has always been a bit of an illusion given the longer-term uh, frugality that would have to kick in. Um, but certainly uh, a move that is good to get out of the way and I think fits in the narrative of what the Bucks are trying to do. So can we, can we give, uh, I guess, should we give John Hammond some, some credit and say, okay, we forgive part of that Miles Plumley deal at this point? Yes, let's do that. And I, I don't, I'm not really forgiving him for it, but I've <laughs> seen, I've seen comments like, man, if they want to sign this Plumley deal, they could have got Giannis for a fifth year. And I just want to be very, very clear with this. Those two decisions are in no way related. In no way. If if Giannis wanted five years and a max, he could have got it. If he wanted more, if he wanted those $6 million more, he could have got it. So let's just make, I, I do want to make that clear. I will not forgive that terrible Plumlee deal. But <laughs> what I will say is that it in no way kept the Bucks from offering Giannis a fifth year and a max. Would you agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, they're two separate issues, right? Um, I mean, certainly a couple of years from now, if you're talking about the luxury tax and Miles Plumley is a you know deadweight contract, let's say, and again, I like Miles Plumley as a player. I, I'm glad he's coming back. But if that deal, you know, if he suffers a drop-off, whatever, if he goes full full cycle get Dan God's a reach on us. Uh-huh. Um, then having that contract there uh, and having a Giannis full max, I mean, that makes it more complicated to to get under the luxury tax in 2018 and 2019. Again, the league CBA may change dramatically. You know, revenues may 
go through the roof even more than expected, and maybe then that's not an issue. Um, I think certainly as a Bucks fan, you'd hope that would be the case, in which case Giannis's deal looks even better because it's not tied to the cap. And that was, I think, a big thing when we talk about why the Bucks were not willing, or let's say this, why the Bucks were eager to try to do a four-year deal at less than the quote-unquote max. And we mentioned it in the article earlier today, but the big kind of strange risk that they would have faced going into next summer with the Giannis deal is that there is a potential new collective bargaining agreement that could be opened up next summer. And again, if they sign a max deal, they designate him as the five-year max deal. It's not really clear what happens if, for instance, the new CBA says that players coming off rookie extensions are now eligible for 30% of the cap rather than just 25%. If that happens, I mean, first off, hey, fine. I'm still happy paying Giannis that amount versus you know, the, the, uh, the option of not paying that him that amount, but it's a lot more money. Right. And getting him at a fixed number now sort of ensures them against that downside risk. And I think that was the big key for them, you know, not knowing exactly what might happen that there is some precedent for this with Kevin Durant when he signed his max extension before the 2011 CBA came into effect. And then basically by virtue of that, he qualified for a higher, um, max salary. Basically, he was the first benefactor of the beneficiary of the Rose Rule. Uh, ironically, Derek Rose wasn't, um, as it worked out. But, um, but yeah, I mean, all these things are sort of like on the margin uh, and are more debates that you have because you're a cap nerd and it's September and you got nothing else to talk <laughs> about. But, um, but it 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 matters obviously to the team, the franchise, and obviously they thought, hey, if we can, you know, maybe sacrifice that one extra year, but. Uh, in return, we get not only certainty, but potentially, um, you know, a, a number of millions of dollars less that we have to pay him per year that we can put to something else. Uh, obviously, you can understand why the franchise would have said that that is potentially interesting. And obviously, Giannis and his agent uh, were open to that. And, uh, you know, they got to their $100 million figure. It's a nice round number. Uh, I think first 21-year-old since Kevin Garnett in 1997 to crack $100 million on a new contract. So, uh, I'd say it's well deserved, and I think we're all excited to see what he has uh, next in store for us. I think, uh, obviously, again, y- y- you should be ecstatic as a Bucks fan that you get Giannis for five more years for sure. Um, and whatever trades, but that's not going to happen. So you get him for five more years for sure. Um, so so that's very exciting. The culture setting is exciting, but one thing I think I've been struggling with this entire summer is when you can put expectations on this team on this roster um, when you can expect them to do good things and i think one thing that this deal does is it starts the clock that i i think maybe it was just kind of watching lebron just drag terrible cleveland teams and then kind of that whole backlash of oh, i can't believe he went to the heat and it's like yeah you can like you saw who he played with in cleveland they were terrible like why would you trust them anymore there so i don't want to obviously go th- start thinking that far ahead but it, throughout the summer we, we did our breakdowns last week of each position and we kind of talked about at point guard they're punting and they're not going to make a decision. And at some of these positions, it seems like, well, we got a lot of good options, but we'll kind of let it all sort itself out. And that doesn't necessarily need to stop. Obviously, rosters are very fluid, but there there are some ex- expectations now. You only have Giannis for a finite amount of time. For a while now, it's been 
just kind of, I don't even know how to attempt to describe it, but it's kind of this dream world where, oh yeah, we got Giannis forever and we have Jabari forever and everything's going to be great. The possibilities are endless, but now some of those possibilities have ended. There, there are finite times where things need to get done. So the Bucks do need to put together a competent roster in this amount of time to make sure that Giannis does want to stick around. And obviously, he's he said he wants to be a Buck for life. And if today is any indication, he seems to be following through with that. That he's willing to take less money, and uh, that that money isn't the big thing for him, and that he is very, uh, very aware of being a part of this city and being a part of the team but there is a certain amount of expectations this team now faces that you do have to get a winning product on the floor for Giannis to want to stick around and you you do want to try to convince him that this is the best place for him so I think that's one interesting thing that that comes from this that maybe those expectations don't start this year maybe they don't start next year but by the end of his contract extension you need to have a winner on the floor so I think moves start to make a bigger impact and they start to be more important so I, I think that's an interesting part of this discussion yeah and we should be clear before people you know, throw uh, virtual tomatoes at us. And I'm surprised you said this because normally I'm the one that says this, but when we say punting on the point guard spot, we're obviously not talking about Giannis offensively being the point guard, point forward, primary ball handler, more just the who's playing the role of nominal point guard that is defending yeah. the other point guard. And obviously the our thinking is that Matthew Delvadova is that guy. Hopefully that he can be that guy for a while. See, um, you know what it was? I assume that anyone listening to this has listened to all of our work <laughs> over the summer. Um, and if you haven't, go go ahead and go back. I think it's episode 27, maybe 26, uh, where we talk about the point guard position. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so there, there's no more complicated position in the NBA to talk about it that to talk about than the Bucks point guard position that I'm convinced of. Um, but certainly uh, today we got yet another reminder of uh, of how much the Bucks believe in Giannis Adetokounmpo and uh, their intent on, on making him the centerpiece of what they're trying to do going forward. So we'll leave it at that. Let us know in the comments if you have any specific thoughts, questions. Um, I think it's impossible for me to go over all the different random cap permutations <laughs> uh, on a podcast, um, but I think at a high level, uh, the takeaways would be, you know, basically... Do you want him to pay five years, 138, or maybe much more to get the fifth year? Obviously, they were willing to do four years and 100. And I think the delaying until next year option was was never really one that that I think had a lot of value to the Bucks. I think uh, getting it done now, uh, you know, puts kind of an exclamation point on on this summer. And I don't think it necessarily really dramatically changes what the Bucks would have done next summer either. So, ooh, one other thing yeah. um, for the conspiracy theorists, if there was a problem with getting a fifth year, we would probably already know. Like I was, because obviously the pessimistic Bucks fan in me made me think about Kevin Love getting four instead of five. And then that kind of terrible marriage that occurred there in Minnesota in the day he signed it all, like everything was out that like, Hey, I wanted five. They would only give me four. And if that was the way it went down in Milwaukee, we wouldn't know about it. So don't don't bring that conspiracy theory to me. I don't want to hear it. 
And Kevin Love took a three plus one, which is important. Correct. So he didn't he didn't have a full four year no option deal like Giannis yep. has. And there also was a, the whole stink around that about oh well the Wolves were didn't want to give him the max because they wanted to save it save the designated player five year deal for Ricky Rubio, which of course now seems kind of funny, even though we both like Ricky Rubio. Um, and I don't think there's any of that illusion around the box, although you know I guess. They do have the option of maxing Jabari for five years if, um, you know, by chance Jabari becomes, I don't know what, next year. Uh, <laughs> but certainly, I think uh, Giannis sort of setting the uh, setting the bar where he did, uh, I think, gives him a chance to, to retain Jabari for, for less, which I think would probably be much more in line with, uh, with his actual NBA value. So uh, it will be interesting to see kind of longer term. I think the good news is that this kind of closes the book on, uh, you know, the extensions for this year, MCW is technically eligible for an extension, but uh, I don't think it makes much of any sense to try to do something at this point with him, given all the uncertainty around him. So, but who knows? The Bucks love extensions; they love resigning their own guys. So maybe we should never say, never count anything out. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. Uh, this has been Locked On Bucks, presented by Brew Hoop. I'm Frank. That was Eric, and uh, yeah, celebrate the day, smile, enjoy the day. Giannis is a Buck. <laughs> 